0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers are through to face Livingston after seeing off East Fife in the League Cup Celtic got there in the end after Dunfermline took them to extra time in Glasgow And Tom Boyd could land the club in hot water after comments he made about referee John Beaton I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Here is the weather forecast The air is crackling and we're not out of August yet What will it be like by May? One thing is for sure, there'll be no chance to draw breath between now and then A Europa League playoff round against AIK is Celtic's next test of nerve After five goals in five days rocked their support Five wins in a row for Rangers will send them to Warsaw in a positive frame of mind Both in or both out of Europe Do you know what? I don't think anyone will notice Alec There's a bit of a domestic going on here Yep, plenty to get our teeth into as always Alex It's all yeah. happening on, on various fronts now We've introduced the League Cup into the mix uh, for, for the teams who weren't involved in the group stages Europe's just round the corner And of course the league is bubbling away nicely in the background Yeah absolutely Gordon I really enjoyed the Cup uh, games at the weekend I think we, we called a lot of ones that were actually going to be Stonewall uh, certainties A lot of draws within that A lot of drama finishing late on And then we have the Europa League this, this Thursday Back to league action next week So plenty to discuss The number you need to get in touch Is 0141 951 1025 So let's hear from you nice and early What did you take away From your team's performance At the weekend 0141 951 1025 Twitter is at Clyde SSB Okay Hugh Keevans It's Monday I'll put you on the spot Your result of the weekend please I'm going to go for Partick Thistle 3 Ross County 2 Partick got their reward By getting a tie Against Celtic In the the last 8 A tremendous comeback And a goal for Kenny I'll be 40 in October You know Miller Alex Ray Result of the weekend for you It was Kilmarnock For me Gordon Yeah I I think uh, Hugh touches on You know Thistle good result But in terms of importance You know Alessio was bang under pressure Down there Mm. Poor Bottom of the league uh, so that was the the one for me. Okay, goal of the weekend, well, Hugh Evans. I'm going to ignore all of the big guys, and I'm going to go for Division One. Mm. Airdrie three, Clyde one, Callum Gallagher, ninetieth minute overhead kick, sensational. Lovely. That's a man who's been doing his homework, Alex Ray. Your goal of the weekend, uh, Mikey Johnson's pile driver. <laughs> I think he meant it <laughs> No I'm only kidding It was Jermaine Defoe uh, Just the way he's taking the ball The outside his foot that How he hits it so early Into the near post It was top class And you say it. that So you're, you're going Mikey Johnson's was a cross <laughs> Oh absolutely What do you think? Hugh Keevans? I don't think he meant it I think his reaction When the ball hits the net Tells you That he he didn't mean it But if it was me And I'd scored that. it I'd be living off it For the rest of my life Okay let's start looking back In the weekend's action With you then 01419511025 Let's hear from you What did you make Of your team's performance Give us a shout We're on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB Let's start with yesterday We'll work our way back 
And start with the game in Methyl After making 10 changes to his side for yesterday's win at East Fife Stephen Gerrard says lots of players took their chance to impress He was happy with the attitude But says they need to stay focused after 5 wins on the bounce Yeah I think a lot of people took their opportunity today I think when you're watching this game on, on the TV against a team that's two leagues below Everyone thinks it's going to be straightforward But you know the pitch is a leveller, the conditions are a leveller But I thought the lads were professional, showed real good attitude And in the end our quality shone through so a lot of positives to take away. It was about getting in the, in the next round. The TV's picked this game for a reason because they're hoping that we, we come here with the wrong attitude and, and don't don't play and don't say nothing. Hopefully there's a there's a slip up for everyone to um, to enjoy on the TV. So I'm pleased that the lads handled it professionally. I thought we matched East Fife's fight and desire. In the end, we had we had too many good players for East Fife. Well, I think it's important not to get too far ahead of where we are. We've done great today getting in the next round of the cup, but it's a big two weeks. We've got two huge European games. We've got a big league game sandwiched in the middle of that. St Mirren away and then we've also got an old firm before the first break so it's an important two weeks that's all we've got to concentrate on right now today was a different type of challenge because the only way we could win today is getting into the next round everything else was against us and everyone else wanted it to go against us so sometimes they're tough challenges to face but Thursday night will be completely different 31,000 hostile better technical level opposition so the challenges are changing from week to week but that's the reason why I wanted a big squad so we can cope and, and try and compete on all fronts so Rangers fans 10 changes yesterday Which fringe players Took their chance And which did not 0141 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB I guess it was, goes down As a, a routine victory Hugh Keegan yes. Stephen Gerrard's Absolutely correct Television chooses Games like that In the hope that uh, The big club Will fall on their backside it, That's the way The world works There's no need To get upset over it That's the way The world works the best comment of the weekend, I thought, was Gary McAllister, who said that Rangers, in terms of 10 in a row, mean 10 trophies in a row for Celtic. That's what they want to avoid. They want to win this Betfred Cup, not let Celtic have it, not let Celtic put a down payment on a quadruple treble. Uh, so I stand by what I said at the weekend. There is no tangible improvement at Rangers until a trophy is won Alex Ray Which of the 10 changes Mattered to you Which players took their chance Which yeah. did not I was actually surprised Gordon we, we discussed this on Saturday In terms of the amount of bodies In which he uh, decided to change There was 10 players I think Edmondson and Helander Did relatively well Relatively strong uh, When you look at the, An opportunity to see Poster as well You know to Steady away at right back Doherty came in Quite quiet uh, Greg Stewart quite quiet I think out of the, the outfield players You'd have to say Arebo Was a standout in terms of his feet His ability, his power Driving past people And then you have to look at Jermaine Defoe And I think the key thing with Jermaine Defoe Which is important to recognise you is 36 years of age mm. Playing in AstroTurf 50 mile an hour wind And he still has a hunger and desire to score goals it was, yeah. it was evident yesterday Well Stephen Gerrard agrees with your Joe Aribo assessment But Rangers fans what do you think? What did you make of the midfielder yesterday? Let us know right now 0141 951 Because his manager thinks he's got the world at his feet He scored his fourth goal in eight appearances yesterday uh, Gerrard says he's hoping to work with the midfielder for a long time And is excited to see how good he can become I think everyone will go away talking about Joe Aribo And rightly so because um, I'm not sure how many good players have been here to East Fife But I don't think you'll see many better players than that because he was outstanding from start to finish 
finish. It just looks superb. Good players, top players, they turn up anywhere. It doesn't matter whether you're playing in front of 50,000 or 1,500. You turn up and your levels and your standards are always the same. And from day one in every session, every game, his standards have been top, top draw. He was one who I was very keen to get done. When I knew there was a chance, I, I was all over it. And I'd done everything I can to get it done because I've seen the potential, but i also seen another side of him, how much he wants it. Watched a lot of him and I think you can see today, you know, he's played in a lot of games. It's been a, a big change for him coming up here, moving away from London and um, he's took to it so smoothly so far and um, I just can't wait to watch him and work with him moving forward because he's so exciting. He was all over the pitch, covered every blade, gets his goal, putting block tackles in in the uh, 85th minute when we're 3-0 up. Yeah, he just does everything right. I hope he stays alongside me for many, many years. You know, he's got the world at his feet. I mean, whatever he wants to be, he's got so many attributes. He just expresses himself. He just loves playing football. He's robust. He's leggy. He's rangy. He can score a goal. He can set a goal up. He tackles. He wins balls back. He's skillful. He ticks every box. And with experience, he's only going to get better. Uh, so what did you make of your team's performance at the weekend Joe Aribo, Rangers fans Is he one that's catching the eye Let us know 01419511025 Jeff's a Rangers fan First up What did you make of the game yesterday? I thought I thought it was alright The French players did well Aribo as usual Was an outstanding player um, It's good to see the French players um, Getting a chance Which will probably now make Stephen The manager's job a lot harder Um the up and coming games um, in general yes I think the French players did what they had to do uh, Joe Rebo has been singled out there Hugh yeah. Evans, um I'd imagine you'd be hard pushed to find the Rangers fan who hasn't been impressed with him so far and his manager they are full of Full of praise for him I think Rebo is indicative of Rangers having done their transfer business very well in the summer they spotted the potential they got in quickly they beat off all comers for him they paid the money and they've got themselves a bit of a prize there. Alex, I know that above all you love looking at midfielders and, yeah. and judging their attributes and, and taking a close look at what they can and can't do. What in particular is it about Joe Rebo that's made him a relative success so far? I think it's fair to say when you look at the package, Gordon, he's got great feet. He you know, really shifts the ball in tight areas well. He's athletic, he's got good power about him. And plus he adds goals to the mix and, and the key thing is I was talking to one of the chaps In the office beforehand Whose friend plays for East, East Fife And he says that The amount of times that he thought He had comfortable possession That Rebo just manages to get back And recover well And nip the ball off him He says he was really surprised About that element of his game as well So you're looking at a lot of Ingredients there Which will And I think Stephen Gerrard's on record as well Is saying that he gives them The natural balance On the left hand side Of that three midfield Gordon So they're obviously happy because he's contributing in all areas mm. of the park. Jeff, does he go down as the best summer signing so far, if, if you had to pick one? Um, well, there's a number of players, but I would say that he is the best signing. Um, Hellander, um, I thought, had a good game yesterday. Um, he could be up and coming if he gets a chance. Um, yeah, I do agree that uh, Aribo has been the best signing. Um, yeah, I mean, no, no question about it, and you'll only get better. Um, yeah, yeah, and a lot of focus here on on Rangers' improved squad depth, yeah. something that they were perhaps lacking last season. Uh, Brandon Barker got his debut yesterday. Andy King got his debut, yeah. uh, and Hellander, one of the men that, that Jeff singled out there, has been left out of the Europa League squad along yeah. with Greg Doherty. Those two have dropped out of that because there are. There are, there are too many bodies basically And you have to, and I think have to pick and choose Perhaps George Edmondson Yeah, perhaps George Edmondson for example 
uh, is up to speed better than Hellander at the moment. Uh, it's a very nice position for Steven Gerrard to be in. You can only pick 11 players at any given time. We know that there'll be egos needing to be massaged when people are left out of the side, but that's football. You can only pick 11. Yeah, I, I th- sorry Jeff. I was just about to say in terms of I think that's what Stephen Gerrard was looking for in the summer He recognised last year the strength and depth wasn't quite there And when you look at the full 10 players yesterday Change you Plus the bench Guys who haven't actually featured in Like Hasty, King, Barker, Jamie Murphy So these are guys on the back of the other 10 players yeah. Not the starting 11 for, for the European game So there is I mean, plenty of strength and depth But Hugh's right, you can only play a certain amount yeah. And it'll be key for Stephen Gerrard to kind of Mix and match this So that he gets the results Going forward It's quite obvious You know This is the season Like no other And Rangers Have Targeted Celtic They must stop Ten in a row At nine in a row And that's what They're doing They've clearly Committed Lots of money To the project And they look In a very Strong position So We know exactly Why it's all been done And it's all Falling into place For Stephen Gerrard At the moment can I make a, another point? Of course um, you can. Right. Um, over the weekend, I've been watching quite a lot of football. And we're going to go back to handball incidents. Um, I watched a few games down in England um, where there were quite a lot of handball incidents and the referees down in England didn't give them. Now, I don't know if it was deliberate or accidental, but VAR was involved. Now, in some ways, I'm happy we've not got it up here because, as you well know, Hugh, yeah. it would create a lot of problems. Um, it just seems to take away the referee's decisions. Um, yeah, I, I don't I, know what you think about that. I agree with you 100%. I hope we'd never get it here. Uh, it was supposed to eradicate mistakes. I think it's created mistakes as much as it has eradicated them. Uh, and... It's taking something away It's taking something away from the soul of football uh, And in particular Was it meant to eradicate or reduce mistakes? Well, Surely there's a difference um, I think it's supposed to re- re- reduce mistakes mm-hmm. But referees are only human I mean they have a split second to make a decision yeah. um, Whether it's right or wrong um, But VAR is going to take a lot of responsibility Away from the referees what, I mean, you're, being a referee, you're in a hiding to nothing in whatever you do, but VAR is going to make it worse. We, we don't actually have VAR up here, but there's been a couple of instances over the first couple of weeks. When they were in the third week, Hugh, there was oh. one at Parkhead at the weekend. There was one at uh, St Mirren, Aberdeen. And it's not just... It's the interpretation against Gordon in terms of... The oh, handball yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are two separate things. I think people are confusing these, aren't they? I mean, the, the handball rule has changed. So that is what's causing a lot of yeah, Well, it goes hand not, in hand, not, doesn't not, it? Not necessarily VR. Anyway, I don't think we need to get bogged down too much because as it stands, it's not our problem. Exactly. Every now and then, All of course, we will discuss it because it is important in the general footballing landscape and maybe we will get it one day. Let's not get too bogged down right now. All I'll say is Brighton had a goal disallowed <laughs> at the weekend, so I hope they bin the thing forever. A uh, big thanks to Jeff. Is a Rangers fan on the line You can also get in touch on Twitter Remember uh, What else have we got in here William has got Very high hopes for Joe Rebo He says he's got the makings Of a £15 million player He'll go to a mid-table Premier League team In three years Fantastic player Says William And uh, Colonel Faulkner's on He says Rangers are in a really good position Competition wise Apart from one 
Barisic won't do Flanagan's out of position is an option But not a solution for the rest of the season Apart from that Sitting pretty right now Roll on 55 He says I don't think it's any great secret Alex I think every single person Who watches Scottish football Would identify yes. that as being Rangers main area um, For improvement It doesn't look like Stephen Gerrard's in any great hurry to do anything about it It doesn't Gordon And uh, I think Gary McAllister said last week They're always in the market to improve If a player becomes available Now we started here a couple of weeks ago Hugh on a Monday night Before the season They even kicked off the the, the, the league campaign And I said to you guys with my finger when They need a left back uh-huh. Because it was an area that I think They're actually struggling for You know I feel as if they've got plenty of strength and depth Barisic has struggled Andy Halliday's I don't think is a natural left back And John Flanagan does okay defensively but you don't get nothing really going forward because he's naturally right-footed. So I think there's an imbalance there. Okay, the number you need to get in touch tonight is 0141-951-1025. If you'd rather tweet, it's at Clyde SSB. And we're going to hear from Neil Lennon and look back on an incident-packed afternoon at Celtic Park. That's coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans here to take your calls on 01419511025. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. We've already kicked off uh, looking back on Rangers game yesterday against East Fife. It was in the Betfred Cup and it all looks a bit like this now, Hugh Keevans. Uh-huh. Uh, the draw has been made. We've got Livingston against Rangers, Celtic against Partick Thistle, Hearts against Aberdeen and Kilmarnock Hibs to be played between the 24th and 26th of September. So there we go, your final eight Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs, your last four. Oh, the prediction. He's got his prediction in a month early. That's, that's bold, even yeah. by your standards. Okay. Plenty of time to backtrack. Yeah, I think so. I think we might need to. We'll, we'll put that in the back burner for now. But that's the draw for the next round of the Betfred Cup. Let's continue looking back on some of the weekend's biggest games in that one. One that kept us entertained because it was dramatic. Well, they were all dramatic on Saturday, actually, yeah. weren't they? Most, most of them going to extra time. Celtic one of them Neil Lennon says though Despite that He was proud of his players Delighted with the win Against them firmly on Saturday He believes they showed character And didn't deserve For the game to go to extra time What do you think? I'm delighted We dominated the game Dunfermline scored With a one attempt on goal And that happens in cup football Really proud of the players Because they had to show A lot of character today I know that maybe Some of them weren't at their best But that's totally understandable I've been in that situation myself After Champions League game it can be a bit leggy A bit of fatigue But we dominated the game We had loads of chances Didn't deserve the game to go to extra time But we did And then we showed a lot of character To go on and win the game So yeah I'm delighted we're in the next round And I'm delighted that The, the character they showed The patience that they had to show um, And it'll, it's a really good test and you have to give them firm and a lot of credit. You know, they defended brilliantly the came of the game plan. I didn't, I didn't think we struggled, but, you know, we um, didn't cut them open as much as we'd like. But, you know, when you get a block of 10, it's, at times it's difficult to break down. Um, I'm not buying all of that, to be honest. It's all a matter of personal interpretation. But I would think you can say proud of the players when they've taken almost two hours and five minutes away from a penalty shootout to get rid of a championship team playing them at Celtic Park. Uh, so whether Neil is trying to keep his players in a positive frame of mind Because of the European tie with AIK on Thursday night If he is, that's entirely his prerogative But I'm not buying proud uh, I think it was a, an almighty tortuous struggle I mean Alex, clearly the performance wasn't at a level that a lot of Celtic fans would expect But at the same time we're always told Well it's cup football Absolutely. and the, the result is everything And as long as you get through the rest 
doesn't quite matter as much. I think if uh, Celtic gone and won the, the trophy, there's no matter, Jock Gordon. Then the idea is to get through, but on the back of the disappointment of going out of the uh, the Champions League qualifier, then carries on, and that's the problem because of the backlash of last Thursday, uh, mm. sorry, last Tuesday, Hugh. Then what happens is it carries on to the weekend. Starts getting murmurings And and I understand what he's saying In terms of he's proud of his players Because they've dug out a result Would have been poor Because previously The weekends prior to that They've been really in fire You know plenty of goals But they seem to be struggling at the moment Frank and Springburn What did you make of it on Saturday? I, it was absolutely disgraceful performance uh, I was there with Just there with my son I was usually there with my son I was there myself this time And he, he was actually glad they didn't go But anyway uh, I thought uh, Neil Lennon said He was excited about the team well, after what I witnessed on Saturday, I'm worried about the team, especially defensively. We've spent £10 million on two duds, absolute duds. Is it not a bit early uh, to be so sure with that word, no, Frank? No, no chance. No? This guy, Julian, he looks like Scott Sinclair on stilts, and he plays like Scott Sinclair on stilts. He's hopeless, and bowling goalies know any better. We have to get a two, two full-backs and a centre-half in there pronto, as soon as Big Ayer went off at the weekend, I just knew that Benferman were going to score. Just could see it coming. It's hopeless. Frank, there must be countless examples, though. Um, I'm sure you've been a Celtic fan a long time. There must be loads of examples of guys who haven't looked brilliant after three or four games and have gone on to not be duds. Well, I hope, I hope I'm, I'm wrong. I, I like to be proved wrong. But for what I've seen so far, it doesn't look like it. I've got another point about Benferman's fans, if that's okay. Uh, okay, let's just start with that one, Hugh. Um, yeah, I, I do take your point, Gordon. That uh, you know, sometimes early on, uh, you can make rash judgments. Heaven knows, I've done it myself often enough. However, there are other times when your first impression is your correct impression, and Celtic did it themselves with Marvin Compere. They played him in one game and thought, never do, and never played him again, never ever, and he was on twenty five thousand pounds a week. So sometimes major errors of judgment do take place, and Bolingoli and Julian at the moment have an awfully long way to go to try and win over the Celtic supporters. And at the moment, I wouldn't trust them in a match such as AIK, and certainly not at Ibrox. Yeah, Alex. When I talk about players who've previously started slow and yeah. gone on to have good careers, that's not me saying that Julian will or Bolingoli will. But it's surely about every single player on the planet Deserving a bit more of a chance yeah. Before being labelled a dud Christopher Julian has played Four Two games. domestic games Yeah, Four games in yeah, total that's right. it's, I, I, it's, listen, it's, it's a harsh world we yeah, live in Absolutely We live in an environment where we make snap judgments Gordon It is very early days We don't know how well the guy settled in We don't know what he is in terms of his fitness plan I, I'm led to believe he was a wee bit behind so for, for these kind of comments He's hopeless and things It's a bit premature He may well go on to have a brilliant career for Celtic But to throw that out The now is a bit early for me But I take Hugh's point on board In terms of Would you like to go with him And uh, Ball and Golly uh, uh, Thursday night I'm not sure Well Frank there's the question for you Are you crystal clear then There's no place for either of them In the team on Thursday night? There won't be have any other options Because looks like guy is going to be and it's either that or big beat on who's no centre half. Hmm. So it looks like they might have to play. And there's no there's nobody else at left back either. Yeah, back well, Johnny Hayes. Yeah, the left back one would be the more glaring one, Hugh, because yeah. um Christopher Iron might make it. I think his shoulder popped out. It, it, he might be okay. Yeah. There there is the option of, of near beat on obviously there as well. But if it's not ball and golly at left back and we 
assume it wouldn't be Callum McGregor again. Yeah. That you know that's still I, an area that needs addressed. I think if uh, Christopher Iyer can stand up without the aid of medication, he'll play. And I think Simonovic will be beside him. And if Johnny Hayes is an impromptu left back, he was signed as a winger. He only plays in an emergency. I would say Thursday is the type of occasion where you'd feel safer with an impromptu Johnny Hayes than Bolingoli. Uh Frank, final one to you. I can I talk about the Dunfermline fans. Hey, okay. Yeah, well, I, I thought they were an they were big numbers, but they're an absolute disgrace. Nobody seems to have mentioned this. It's nobody in the papers or anything. Their chants about sexual abuse. I don't have to tell you what word they were shouting. They were chanting the whole, the whole game, 120 minutes, they were chanting that word, the whole game. And it was an absolute disgrace. They're also the, the, the Cheer Up Neil Lennon song. Well, the game is that as well. We the, can, the we can them. get slaughtered for when they, they done it to uh, Dennett McInnes. Yeah. Nobody said a word about it. Well, now you have and now I'll answer you. Yeah, the, those uh, songs are disgraceful. Uh, unfortunately, it's the time in which we live. Uh, people feel they can go into football grounds and behave in that manner. As you say, your own club, uh, you know, have been guilty of it as well. Uh, we on this program condemn sectarian singing or other abusive, offensive songs, no matter who sings them. Let there be no doubt about that. Okay, thank you to Frank in Springburn. Gary's on Twitter. We're at Clyde SSB. Uh, he says, I think we need a bit of levity here. Celtic's run of bad form has lasted all of five days so far. That's against good to great results all through pre-season and the first weeks of the season. Whilst a poor week, we are far too knee-jerk regarding results and players. That's the view of Gary on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's go back to the phones and find out what Kevin and Crossfoot thinks. Hi, Kevin. How you doing, lads? Good, thanks. <clears throat> I actually agree with Gary. Um, I think everybody's granted Saturday's performance was terrible, but we went 28 games undefeated in Scotland in all cup competitions. We've won three treble trebles, a couple of bad results. Midweek we'd have took a lot out of Celtic. So one bad result at the weekend there. Granted we still won, but a bad result. I think everybody has to calm down a wee bit. Well, the thing about football, uh, it has an expression which says you're only as good as your last game. Uh, problem with that expression, though, is it's not it's not true, is it? Well, the, <laughs> like the, that, the, that may be where the, the, the problem is, rises. The fact is that Cluj was an awful result for Celtic. Uh, on the back of an unsatisfactory performance, it cost them the Champions League and, as everyone knows, therefore, uh, the chance to earn £25 million. The result against Infermland, uh I think was obviously a good one for Celtic insofar as they get into the last eight. They weren't knocked out, but to require two hours to take away a championship side at Celtic Park, given the quality that was on the park for Celtic, uh, it was a struggling performance. Now, AIK, Celtic need a result in Glasgow that will sustain them in Stockholm. Then they'll play Hearts at Celtic Park. Then it's the Rangers game. The games for Neil Lennon are coming thick and fast and must be won. The next three games for Neil Lennon are so important. Kevin? Sure said there, it cost us the Champions League. We still have another qualifier, Hugh. We, we've not got any God-given right to beat teams like Cluj anymore. 
Well, uh, those God. Squad for Champions League football now. Yeah, yeah, but those God. Do you not think you've got a better squad than Cluj, Kevin? Well, the result doesn't agree with you. Oh, okay. Then I'll I'll rephrase that. Should you have a better squad than Cluj? We should. Every time Celtic lose Every time Celtic lose to a big club And I mean stellar The first thing that comes up is budget And uh, Celtic should have the budget And the quality to beat Cluj Cluj was a serious mistake on Celtic's part They started the night uh, With the away goal advantage They were 3-2 And 13 minutes to play And didn't close it out So it's a bad result And I do take your point that it took away the potential of a game uh, that could have put Celtic into the group stages. But now you have to say AIK becomes a very important game. And the irony is the banners at Celtic Park on Saturday, about 10 in a row, tell you that Europe is less important to a core of the Celtic support than 10 in a row. But... I agree with that, you. But... If Celtic lose to AIK over two legs, those who put Europe into second spot will still reserve the right to criticise Neil Lennon, the board and the players. Alex, how much of this is down to, as a, as a club, as any club, you set your own standard, you, you yes. set your own bar. Sell, most other teams in the country, I've, I've seen it on social media today, the fans of those teams... Are looking at the Celtic fans and going, you think this is bad? You should see what we've all been through, you know. But yeah. I guess once Celtic get into that run of winning the nine trophies, these minor wobbles become exaggerated. And, and, and even listen to the words I'm using: I, I, a minor wobble, and that's a game which Celtic won and went yeah. through in the cup. Yet there's still such a negative reaction. I think the European game is the the, the killer for them in terms of. I listened to uh, Kevin speak there. And I think the disappointment for most is because if you take it man for man in terms of the players that they had Celtic, for me, they should have got through that tie. And I think that's a disappointing thing because you're looking at Cluj and you're thinking they're not any great shakes. The manner in which they lose the goals is a frustrating thing. And no matter how much you sugarcoat this, Celtic have far better players than Cluj. So that is a disappointing thing. And it's carried on into a cup game which they've won. Again, put it into perspective because they're into the last eight. And that's all you're looking for in cup football. If Celtic would have got a deflected goal against Cluj last week, they wouldn't have gave a monkeys because they'd have got into the next uh, round to try and secure that spot. I think the disappointing thing for Celtic fans is, and, and it's easy to say after the event, we're not interested in Europe. But you try and tell that to the people that are running Celtic because see if you're talking about 25 to 30 million pounds, that's a body blow. But you, you've, got, you've got two pages. One is economics and one is emotion. Economics tells you that the loss uh, to Cluj and the potential of a tie against Slavia Prague that could have put Celtic into the group stages of the Champions League. That is an economic matter for the board. Fans deal in emotions. And it's quite clear that the vast majority of Celtic supporters would rather have 10 in a row than European success. And that's why the banner was out on Saturday. And that's why disappointment is so great just now. Mark is a Celtic fan from Inverness. What's your take on the way things are at the moment, Mark? Hello? Hi, Mark. We've got you. Hi, so how are you doing? Um, basically, I was at the game at the weekend there. And um, I've heard a lot of the guys speaking, the guys the night in previous shows about building defence and Celtic's defence is poor. I think a lot of people are forgetting that you know Celtic were left with 
um, pretty much two centre-backs and um, one right-back um, at the beginning of the season and the left-back was injured. They've pretty much got a brand new defence and they've had to build it. And, they've had to, and they haven't had a chance to bed in because they've played every single game as that defence. And if you look at other teams that are stronger at, that, at the back at the minute, if you look at Rangers across the water, you know, they've had a back four, the same back four they've played last season, they started this season. So they've had a chance to bed in, they know what they're doing. Celtic are still trying to find their feet at the back and that's why they're getting caught out quite a lot at the moment. But this expression, bed in, should Celtic write to UEFA and say, look, we've just signed two players here and they need time to bed in. So would you mind awfully just postponing the Champions League qualifiers? I think, you, I think you're being mischievous with no, your tongue no, 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 and your no. cheek. I, I'm, being, I'm being factually correct. You don't get time to bed in if you're a club mm. like Celtic and you're Champions League qualifiers. Yeah, that, that's true. But Alex, having played and having... Known the importance of defensive yes. units and operating as a four or, or as a five with your goalkeeper, and it was something people predicted about Celtic. I, I was one of them. They knew that Benkovic was going back. They knew Boyata was going away. They knew Tierney, uh, Lustig, all the rest of it. So, Hugh, Hugh's right. Yes, you don't get the time, but does it ultimately provide I'm, quite I'm, a challenge to, to to get everyone? Singing off the same hymn I would sheet, suggest so that Gordon In terms of Bay would be your main goalkeeper With Simunovic and Ayer Who are the, are the mainstays As it currently stands El Hamed has come in And that, by mm. all accounts Has done relatively well So oh. he's settled in Quicker than others uh, Bolly has been a bit of a different Bit hot and cold it, uh, To suggest So there is a factor there But there's, I don't know what Celtic played Eight or ten games already this season Eight games possibly So you would imagine That they would probably be up to speed A wee bit quicker uh, And I think the fact that the manager has dropped him for that big game, brought him back in, says he's been a bit hot and cold. I don't know if that would have done the boy uh, any favours. So, you know, but they have to find a balance at the back, Gordon, because, and I actually think they need reinforcements double quick. You know, what we've got, two weeks to the window closes, give or take. They need to get at least one right back in. They need at least one left back, and I would suggest probably another centre-half. And depending where Bain is with his hand, if it's a longer-term one, suggestion is it may be only a couple of weeks, they may well need an R keeper. 01419511025. That's the number Mark dialed. Big thank you to Mark and Inverness. We're going to take more of your calls after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here. So get your calls in on 01419511025 or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB and let us know what you made of your team's performance at the weekend. Let's go straight back and speak to Craig, who's a Rangers fan on the line. Hi, Craig. Hi, Gordon. Hugh. Alex, how's doing? Hello. Um, hello uh, so, two points I wanted to make. One about the games at the weekend and the other about the draw uh, for the quarterfinals. Firstly, I think what this weekend has shown, and I, you know, I hope it can continue, is that. I don't think Rangers are going to let Celtic away when making the kind of slip-ups they did last season. Because Celtic did make slip-ups last season and Rangers didn't punish them for it because they then followed that up by themselves making a slip-up on the Sunday. And I don't think, thus far, based on what I've seen, that Celtic will have that luxury this season that they'll be able to afford to have too many performances. Because I can tell you, they will not win another treble, let alone another league title, if they play... Like that every weekend And there's only so many excuses Defensively that can be made You know Rangers made all the excuses in the book At one point last season I, I'll be the first to admit that um, And I think for Celtic Yes they get through against Infernland Which is important But after Cluj To take You know to almost end up at penalties At Celtic Park Against a championship team 
me as a Rangers fan, I look at that and I think, well, you know, we're looking at all guns blazing. It is early, so you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. But at the same time, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, is is this a team that we are supposed to be to be fearing that every team in Scotland is meant to be scared of? Now, but I don't see what there is to fear at Celtic well, Park there's right there's now. A, there's an interesting early season scenario coming up, which um, goes back to your original point. All a matter of personal opinion, but I think that Rangers will go to St Mirren on Sunday and we'll get all three points and we'll go top of the league. Celtic will then kick off against Hearts at three o'clock, knowing that they must win. Must win. And uh, we'll see how they cope with that particular pressure. Because you're right, that's the way this season will go. And then the next game in the league will be Rangers against Celtic. And the four games between the two of them could be pivotal. So in the space of two league games, we'll know how strong Celtic are. And I think they're two big, big tests for them. I think the thing you touch on there, Craig, is not to get carried away. I think that is a key thing. I think Rangers have started the season relatively well. I think there's a lot of positive signs. Uh, Celtic have obviously had a disappointment in Europe, but managed to get through against them firmly. And I think over the course of the next few weeks, it will give you a better indication of where both teams are going to be. Um, but I agree with you in terms of, you know, uh, uh, Rangers will feel as if they, uh, as it stands at the moment, but obviously things change on a weekly basis. Mm. They'll be encouraged about what's happening because the Rangers mm. can only concentrate and they need to focus, like you said, on the on the back of, say, last year, the December the 27th, they end up losing to Kamalots directly after that. They have to go on a run. And I think the key thing as well is we have to recognise, I think yesterday was five wins in the bounce. I think that's been a long time since Rangers have managed to do that. So there's little small factors that you try and gauge to try and get a yardstick to see where, where your club's at. Yeah, because Craig, there is that other possibility, of course, which wouldn't be a desirable one for you, that having a strong rival actually brings out the best in Celtic. Because you could say that last season they were able to slip up and still go on and win the league quite comfortably. So it's, it's not to say that, you know, it's beyond the realms of possibility that that actually gives Celtic the kick up the backside they need. Oh, no, listen, I, I think you're right. But I think the thing is, for me, the way... It feels with Celtic. I think you're right that that could be what happens. And actually, I'd be ha- I'd be quite happy with that in respect of you know it would show that clearly Celtic are starting to pay attention to us because Celtic are loathed to even consider admitting that Rangers are getting anywhere near them. You listen to anybody associated with Celtic, and they still, you know, it's still there's this massive gap. There's this. It's not a big as big a gap. And I think if Celtic do get a jolt. Rangers playing well this season it displays to me as a Rangers fan even if we don't win the league that clearly now that, you know clearly Celtic are starting to wake up and pay attention to Rangers and realise uh oh somebody's going to actually challenge us because nobody's been able to get near them um, and in terms of the Cups as well obviously the draw for the quarter final now Rangers obviously we're away to Livingston that was the scene they won the slip ups last season um, that you know 1-0 defeat to Livingston it's not an easy place to go. But what I wanted to ask you guys, <clears throat> I was looking at it after the draw. The majority of the games Celtic have played in the Cups before the, the Hamden stages, over the, the course of the, the last couple of years, they've actually played about 70% of those games at Celtic Park. Now, obviously, it's the luck of the draw, but I don't think we can deny that that has been a massive help. Because it would be a massive help to Rangers if we had... All the games at Ibrox. I mean, they won't play a League Cup game outside Glasgow this season, though, because obviously the next game, if they get through, 
would be in Hamden. Um, that is the, obviously the luck of the draw, there's no conspiracy theories, but I think that has been a factor in Celtic winning the treble, treble. I think, to be fair, if you win a treble treble and you win 27 cup ties in a row, I, I, think, I don't think you can dismiss that as, well, the majority of games are played at Celtic Park because they still have to be won. And you saw the difficulty Celtic had at Celtic Park on Saturday against a championship side. So, in fairness to Celtic, you don't win 27 cup ties on the bounce because of luck. No, listen, I, I, I take his point on board, but you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter where you have to play the fixtures because you still have to negotiate the, the result and... and and uh, win them and Celtic's done that in abundance and I think that the weekend there that was obviously one of the tighter games over that 28 piece games but listen it's, it doesn't matter if, if Rangers Aberdeen Hearts are going to challenge they're still going to have to play Celtic one way or another Thank you to Craig on the line from Cumbernauld Fergus is in Carlisle he's a Celtic fan what's on your mind tonight Fergus? Fuck the not a lot, apparently. No, oh, uh, just a bit cut windy off. there, yeah. I uh, thought Fergus was winding up for a belter there. I, mean, I hope <laughs> we get him back. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> we'll try and get Fergus back. Yeah, yeah. The cup draw. Listen, when you get to this stage, you'd expect most of the the big hitters, if you like, to be there, and and they are Celtic Rangers, Hearts, Aberdeen, Hibs, Kilmarnock. So if you're talking about last season's top six, that's every one of them, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then you've got Livingston from out with that, and Partick Thistle, who are Hughes' result of the weekend. Can, can you tell us who uh, who's Hearts Scott? Aberdeen. Aberdeen Aberdeen Oh Didn't you said The Hearts would beat them Yeah well I looked at Aberdeen again yesterday You know Good luck to them Because a goal In the 91st minute Is as valid as one In the 21st minute But I thought My 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 This could be Aberdeen Four games on the bounce Without scoring a goal Having gone out of Europe And possibly out of The first cup competition Of the season So no wonder Derek McInnes Celebrated uh, Considine's goal In such a lavish way On Twitter at Clyde SSB Paul Wilkie's on He says I said it from day one Lennon is a Celtic man But he's tactically inept And doesn't have a plan B Still need recruits Until we Alec It's Albufera I'm in <laughs> This must be Paul Who tweeted at the weekend And said I'm in Portugal Yes I know uh, very Alpine. well Yes You've been Jinkies bar At the top of the strip It's all coming back to me now Anyway uh, So Paul is on Twitter Not happy with Neil Lennon James is on the line From East Kilbride What do you think of that James? How are you doing, guys? I'm on to um, stick up for my team and stick up for Lennon. I cannot believe after a couple of league games, albeit a disappointment in Europe, but this happened last season and a, and a dodgy cup tie has got everybody panicking. Absolutely panicking. I just, I, I really don't understand it. Um, even the, you know, the panel as well. You know, if you, I thought you'd have been there on the opposite end of the stick. I thought you'd actually had a level head and, you know, we're of the opinion of let's all calm down. You know, we are only a couple of games into the season. We've had a slight bad run, but as I said, this happened last year. Celtic qualifying for the Champions League is no longer a given. And as the previous caller said, we shouldn't be expecting just to run over teams like Cluj and we had another qualifier still to go. I really think we need to, to calm down, um, continue to get behind the team, Get behind Lennon And let's be realistic J- James see the won two J- league games J- James. We're the cup Albeit the Champions League is over But let's qualify And let's focus on Europa League And make some money James can I ask you a question In terms of this Kind of perception In terms of the Champions League You're alluding that That it's no longer a given See when you look at Athens last year And you look at Cluj this year I look at Celtic And I see a far better 
team I see better personnel Better resources Better budget The whole shooting match Now I know that doesn't guarantee anything But it's almost a case of We're not guaranteed anything Whereas when I look at the opposition I feel as if Celtic Have missed an opportunity No I, I don't take that on board I take that Your point of view No being a, a Celtic fan And no looking at a Celtic fan's point of view Is, is where I don't think you get it, Alex. James, James, hold on. A, no, let, no, 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 wait, please let me, let me get yeah, on. Yeah, go on, James, on you go, question. I don't believe that is the case. As I say, it's disappointing to lose to teams like that when, as a Celtic fan, I would expect us to progress against teams like that. But this is what I'm saying, it's not a given. You know, we have to play four qualifiers, which is eight games, that we have to win. When you get to the third qualifying round, you're playing teams who are, let's be honest, if Cluj played in the Premier League, they'd probably be finishing maybe, what, second, third every season. You know, top four. So so let's not kid ourselves and pretend that they're dummies. And then we've got the fourth qualifying round, which, again, you know, would have been another step up. I just think... You know, the dream of Champions League, look, look what happens when we get to the Champions League. We're, we're really found out. This is why I'm saying, you know, the Champions League is probably no Celtic's level. You know, I'm happy to admit that and say it is Europa League. I just think that there's such a panic over this that's, that's just uncalled for at this stage. Could, in the could, season, I, really. could I answer you now, James? Yeah, please. Uh, people like me uh, go from having your regard or respect or whatever to... Losing your respect Simply because they hold an opinion Which is contrary to yours Also to say that Alec doesn't get it For me means He used to play for Rangers He is a professional footballer Of distinction in the past And a manager And he has his opinion And to say that Cluj would automatically finish Second or third tier Season in, season out Is for me nonsense and I think well, 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 maybe they would, to be fair, but I'm not. I'm not really sure if, if that's the point because Celtic would still be expected to beat the third best team in Scotland nine times out of ten, nine Scotland, nine yeah. times out of a hundred. So the, the fact is, on the night when every advantage was going Celtic's way, they shipped four goals at Celtic Park and did not trust ten million pounds worth of players to take part in the game at any stage. That should be a cause for concern. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Thanks to James, we're going to have to leave it there. Beat the pundit coming up, and after that, we'll take a look at those comments made by Tom Boyd on Celtic TV at the weekend. They've caused a bit of a stir online, in case you hadn't noticed. And maybe, just maybe, the Scottish FA will be having a word as well. But before we get to that, it's Beat the Pundit time 0141 951 1025. If you want to take on Hugh Keevens or Alex Ray, give us a call right now because you only have until the lines close when the news starts at 7. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. The form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here. We've been looking back on the Betfred Cup action from the weekend. Rangers winning East Fife yesterday. Celtic getting the business done after extra time against Dunfermline on Saturday. 
We've given you details of the Betfred Cup draw And after we play Beat the Pundit We're going to look at comments made by former Celtic captain Tom Boyd He was co-commentating on Celtic TV at the weekend He made some remarks about referee John Beaton And now we understand the Scottish FA are going to assess those comments To see if any rules have been broken So get your thoughts in on that 0141-951-1025 After this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football First Beat the Pundit of the new week Let's see who starts as they mean to go on Will it be the listeners? Will it be the pundits? Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are standing by And one of them are going to be taking on Andy And Andy's a Denison native as well oh, oh, So we can kind of a bit on, of Andy. a local match up here Alright Andy, how are you? Very well, thanks yourselves Good stuff, okay. yep, not too bad at all Andy, Hugh Evans, um, I'm sure, has been studying hard all weekend Something like that yeah. Something like that, Something yeah. like that. Uh, Alex Ray, you were away doing charity cycles, charity football matches yes. So you actually maybe behind, have, behind already, have yes. taken your, your, your eye off the ball this weekend, yes? I still feel confident, Gordon You sure? <laughs> Just a bit Give us a Denison derby then Which part of Denison <laughs> are you from? Is it the same Alex Ray part of Denison? Uh, I don't know I've not seen any signs of them uh, Hopefully not Hopefully not Do you still frequent those parts Alex now yes, and then? You yeah do? absolutely my, my parents are still in Denison uh, I'm in uh, just at the Bowling Green Up in Craig Park Drive There we go we'll see uh, I'm, round, I'm round at the dry gate myself Oh It's never dry gate That comes under dry gate That's no Denison <laughs> You two can sort out over beat the pundit Heads it's Andy Tails it's No heads it's Hugh And tails it's Alex And it's heads So you're, you're out of this anyway It's Hugh Keevans Against Andy from Denison Let me give Hugh a bit of the old Clyde 2 to listen to That way he can't hear us And we'll get the clock up and running Andy you've got 30 seconds You're head to head with Hugh You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Yep Let's get stuck in Who scored Celtic's winner against them Fairman on Saturday? Game Which team are currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Come on it. Name any of the uncapped players called up to Scotland's under 21s today. Uh, Billy Gilmore. Who did Rangers draw in the next round of the League Cup? Livingston. Who plays at Stair Park? Denhouse Muir. What type of animal is St Mirren's mascot? Pass. And in what year of the noughties did Gary Holt leave Kilmarnock for Norwich? What a question that is, producer Andy. What year of the noughties did Gary Holt leave Kilmarnock for Norwich? 2009. Okay, let's bring Hugh Keevens back. Hugh, can you hear us? I can. Right, same set of questions to you. Are you ready? Okay. Who scored Celtic's winner against Dunfermline on Saturday? It was uh, James Forrest. Which team are currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Um. Name any of the uncapped players Called up to Scotland's under 21 squad today Pass Who did Rangers draw in the next round of the League Cup? Uh, they drew Libby away Who plays at Stair Park? Stranraer What type of animal is St Mirren's mascot? Uh, panda And in what year of the noughties did Gary Holt leave Kilmarnock for Norwich? 2008 Okay Andy what do you make of the competition? Oh, it was tough. It was tough. I, I couldn't honestly say. I think, say yeah, you both you both uh, were, were going along quite nicely. Who scored Celtic's winner against Dunfermline? It was James Forrest. You both got it right. And he's a Celtic fan. You would never have forgiven yourself if you get that one wrong. Uh, which team are bottom of the Premiership? Are you forgetting about St Mirren's wonderful yeah, victory I, I last did. time out? I you did, are. Yes. Uh, are bottom. Andy knew it. He goes into a two-one lead. Name any of the uncapped players called up to Scotland's under twenty ones. You had the choice of. 
Connor McLennan of Aberdeen James Scott of Motherwell Stephen <laughs> Kelly of Ayr Kieran Wright of Rangers Lewis Smith of Hamilton Ackies So Billy Gilmore's been capped before Andy I'm afraid And Hugh you passed yeah. So it's still 2-1 Rangers drew Livy in the next round You both knew it So Andy's still one in front uh, Who plays at Stair Park? It is Stranraer and he went for Stenhouse Muir um, So I'm afraid that that's Hugh Keevan's <laughs> level with you Which means it's all going to come down to the last two questions What type of animal is St Mirren's mascot? It is a panda Hugh oh. Keevan's goes in front uh, <laughs> And in what year of the noughties did Gary Holt leave Kilmarnock for Norwich? It was 2002 one oh. So none of you got it right Which means Hugh Keevan's is on four Andy you're on three oh, he's, uh, he's pipped you at the post Andy Hard lines Nah, fair play to you mate Next time, next time All the best Andy Good stuff We'll get a rematch set up That was good, I liked that 4-3 But another, another victory Another three points on the board for you Hugh yeah, I see. Not um, as daft as you look um, Nearly as many <laughs> successes as Alan Shearer at Newcastle Not quite, okay 0141 Get in touch with us Let us know what you make of this Because the Scottish FA... Um, are going to take a look at comments made by former Celtic captain Tom Boyd whilst he was commentating on the match for Celtic TV at the weekend. Now, the rule under consideration here, in case you think they've just plucked this from thin air, the rule under consideration, um, if you want to be very specific, Hugh, is Rule 38, Article 29.2. Uh-huh. You knew that, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, this says that Club media is prohibited from implying bias or incompetence on the part of the referee Now, during the game, uh, there was a penalty decision that that went against Celtic Um, Some quotes that that, that Tom Boyd said at the time He said, you know, how John Beaton hasn't given it We've seen it before from referees like this I'm mystified, I'm not mystified John Beaton, as though it was a premeditated decision Not to give the penalty because it was so late in the game I'm not sure Uh, We've not played well But once again A decision from the referee May cost us in this game Hopefully we'll go on and beat Not the 10 men Not the 11 men of Dunfermline But the 12 men Uh, Celtic have hit back already Saying we've had no contact yet From the Scottish FA Well Because it's not happened yet uh, In relation to this matter Given the context and circumstances In which the comments were made We'd be astonished If the matter were to be progressed If it is We will respond robustly Right Uh, We live in difficult times and uh, referees in particular live in difficult times. We have had uh, three people arrested and charged uh, with regard to offences against John Beaton. Uh, so how much more difficult do you want times to be? I think uh, we do not need anyone to incite trouble. Uh, I think the remarks were over the top and uncalled for. And this applies to anyone At any club I go back to the first day of last season When Rangers played Aberdeen At Pataudry And Stephen Gerrard came out with What I thought were unwise comments About how Rangers have suffered for years At the hands of refereeing decisions I said at the time And for those who archive the programmes They can go back and look it up I said at the time that someone was filling his head full of nonsense Then Rangers made the statement This season Or beg your pardon last season About Willie Collum having underlying issues uh, Where Rangers were concerned I condemned that as well And I do not like what Tom Boyd said I think this is an experienced football man A man who played for his country over 50 times Who was a terrific Celtic captain For me he does imply bias and beyond 
Alex, it really depends Well, let's be completely honest Like most things in Glasgow It depends what team you support But we'll try and get away from that We'll try and take a step back Some people in a bigger picture Like to think that Do you know what? We've got freedom of speech in this country If that's what he thinks What's the big harm in saying it? The other side of it is There is a pretty clear uh, Scottish FA rule Which says club media Is prohibited from implying bias or incompetence So like it or lump it That's the rule Um, What's your view on this? Uh, for me he was irresponsible Gordon Particularly on the back of some of the incidents with John Beaton previously Where he's had uh, police issues uh, And people being charged I mean having said that j- Just to be fair That's that's not Tom Boyd's fault I mean and we're, always, we're always saying that If you are daft enough to I was he throw, trying to say it was Tom no, Boyd's Just let me finish If you're daft enough to throw something on a pitch Or to threaten a referee That's on you you know that, yes. that, That's on you So let, let's not get too bogged down In that side of it if we can But what I'm saying is By actually implying That he is being biased It puts the guy under more pressure Than he needs to be From someone who should be In a, a responsible position Gordon So I was uh, a bit taken back That Tommy actually used The language he did He could easily have said The performance was really poor And he, he expects better Because I think if you Ask most fans across the board They will have issues with referees If Tommy feels as if There's a genuine bias uh, and people are going into the game premeditated. That's not the way I see it. I, 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 I see it as they've made a really bad error. I said to my mate, David Farrell, that I thought it was a stonewall penalty, and Tommy Boyd was right. But you can't say he's coming into the game going, oh, if it's a penalty today, we'll just blank that. Okay, 01419511025. Give us your thoughts on this. Raymond's in Salisbury first up. Hi, Raymond. Hello. Hi, Raymond. What's your take on this then? Uh, I've got a couple of points to make if that's okay uh, I'll touch on this one first uh, obviously Tom Boyd wasn't the cleverest and he used the tone of it, the words that he used uh, but I think that the, the glaring decision that's been made that seems to be getting totally and utterly swept over not for the first time with John Beaton I may add uh, is the penalty with the old rules I think it's a personal more penalty with the new rules, I don't know if it's three penalties, but you had uh, a previous referee on the show during the, the summer, That's I think. That's right, Bobby Madden, saying, yeah. Saying that there's going to be more penalties this year. Mm-hmm. I've seen Bobby Madden give one, I think, last week. Uh, how John Beaton could arrive at that decision, that that's not a penalty, is totally and utterly beyond me. And what else is beyond me is the fact that no press or media outlets are asking over and above Tom Boyd's comments but are asking how on earth is that not a penalty kick well I mean 30 seconds before you, you started the call Raymond Alex Ray agrees with you he thinks it, he thinks it was a, a stonewaller so I don't I don't. We, we've not overlooked it he just said it literally b- before we took your call are, are these not two separate issues though? no well, not really because they relate to the same issue the, the point I'm making and this is the most Annoying thing about it is, is referees get away with mistakes every single week. Now, there's got to be at some point some kind of culpability of the decisions that they continue to make. Some punishment if they continue to get big decisions wrong, glaring decisions wrong. Everybody makes mistakes. Sometimes things aren't always black and white. Sometimes it's maybe hard to see everything. I can appreciate that. But that, at the weekend... Was unmissable. But you to me, you to me are in the tomboy camp insofar as you believe that it was John Beaton, therefore it wouldn't be given. No, I'm not saying that to you. At the point I'm making is we have a referee, regardless who it is. 
a referee making a glaring error that could have been costly. It could have been the, the decision that knocked Celtic out the cup. You see, they won in nine trophies. The first shot, Neil Lennon gets it. Defending one has lost it. On the back of the Cluj defeat, it could have caused all sorts of eruptions. However, that's a refereeing decision. Referees are there, the same as the players are there, to get decisions correct, well, to make the, the right calls. Yeah. And the fact he makes a wrong call and he's getting let away with it again. You say again? What do you mean? John Beaton's made plenty of mistakes Every referee you The point I'm making is Every single referee Makes errors uh-huh. And I don't think Any of them Are ever brought up In front of a panel To say right This is your third time This yeah. is your third major decision How did you miss that? If it was me If this is you Anybody's work You would be brought in To say right Let's have a look mm. at this What happens How is they are, they are marked They are marked to be fair, Raymond I think speaks on behalf of probably every fan of, of all clubs There is yeah. there is a frustration there that referees make mistakes And we perhaps don't see the ramifications of that We don't no, see we, the we, consequences we, Yeah, they don't see referees who are kept away yeah. from top games for H- a while However, if I can just be a bit more specific This is not an argument about whether referees make mistakes or not This is an argument about whether it is right to look at Tom Boyd's comments and bring them into question as per the Scottish well, FA's judicial protocol. As the rules stand, uh, I, I cannot see how he should be found anything other than guilty of transgression. Based on the implication of bias. Bias, yeah. Which which part of that in particular? Because listen, we've seen these well, plain, judicial hearings many times. Plain, they don't always go the way you think. But is that is that the bit about the twelve men? Playing twelve men, yeah. Okay. Um, I think there have been examples in the past of managers who have got in trouble for that. I think there are also examples of managers who have not. In fact, did one Neil Lennon whilst he was the Hibs manager not say that playing Celtic was like playing twelve men? And I think he, he got off with that one. So it's well, it's not always easy to I'll, predict. I'll go back to generalities. We have a very difficult environment here. And it's becoming more difficult by the day. And we do not need club ambassadors uh, implying that the referee deliberately did not give Celtic a penalty or any other club. It's hard enough for them. Yes, they make mistakes. We're always been asked to believe that football players are human beings and they make mistakes. You know, if you brought in a player who had missed sitters three games in a row, you know, you wouldn't necessarily... Suspend him or fine him Because you would admit That he is human and makes mistakes But we have a very difficult environment In which to live here And I don't think putting additional pressure On a referee Is helpful at all Raymond, final point to you On the own body or uh, on point? Whatever you want You can go on to your second point uh, On my second point, if that's okay sure. uh, You made a comment a couple of calls ago Regarding Ten million pound uh, that Celtic didn't choose to use in the Clues game. Now, again, I'll ask you about this. However, again, for me, it's all media. We don't seem to ask questions across the board that are similar. And I'll give you two instances. Celtic are signed, as Hugh says, the marquee signing, Christopher Julian. Rangers signed their marquee signing and it's Philip Hollander if I'm right mm-hmm. yep. Christopher Julian and Philip Hollander play one in France one in Italy who I think both as their season started at the weekend so I think it's fair to say that both would probably be at the kind of same level of their pre-season 
And therefore, I would think both are probably a bit behind every player, certainly Scottish players, that are playing for both clubs. Mm-hmm. However, there only seems to be questions asked of one not being picked. And what actually highlights that even further is tonight Rangers have left Hollander out the European squad. Uh, again, I know it's quite early because it's just happened, but there's been no questions regarding that. Although Hugh referred to tonight that the ten million can't get a game for Celtic because the manager doesn't trust him. Yep. Quite clearly, I would be looking for the same questions being asked: Does Gerard not trust Hollander? I've also got one more point. We're left we're, back. Right, Celtic be very team. quick if you can. We're now running short okay, of time. Sorry, the left back the Celtic signed. A boy that's come in for three million pounds, a foreign country, a new language. A new speed of game He's got to settle in He won't have a house Anybody expecting him to settle And hit the ground running mm. Rangers have got a left back There for a year Creation internationalist And Stephen Gerrard Trusts a right back In his position Or Andy Halliday In his position Both who aren't natural left backs But an internationalist left back Who's been in the country for a year Doesn't get a game for every big game, for any game it suits, but there have been no questions asked. Well, to be fair, Raymond, I would take issue with that because we spend yes. we, we spend multiple minutes every night, it seems, every week, pr- criticising Borna Barisic and wondering yeah. where he is and what's... However, on the other point, Hugh, Raymond might not have heard it, which is understandable. I brought that up at the weekend, and it does prove that the result is king because there are so yeah. many parallels between Julian and Hillander. But when you're Rangers and things are going well, no one seems to give a monkeys. And when you're Celtic and you have a couple of wobbles, if you like, if you can call the Cluj game a wobble, people start focusing and everything. And by the way, Raymond can accuse the media of it if he wants, but Celtic yeah. fans are doing the same. Yeah, Raymond spent the last eight years laughing at Rangers' expense. And because Rangers are stronger now, uh, then there's a bit of a sweat on here I can't help but feel And to talk about Bolingoli not having a house I mean he's not living in Kelvin Grove Park well, we're, we're short, We are short in time but, but to be fair to Raymond There are parallels between Hillander but, and Julian But you said yourself Celtic went out of the Champions League They went out not getting the chance To play Slavia Prague For Place in the group stages And therefore £25 million In the match in which Celtic lost that opportunity They were ahead on the away goals rule at kick-off They then lost Four goals at Celtic Park And The marquee signing Was not trusted to come onto the park At any stage We are extremely late for this so we better move on Thank you very much to Raymond in Salisbury We're going to take more of your calls And we've got a good full-time teaser coming up next Get your pen and paper ready Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're on the phones, we're also on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, let's get this full time teaser up and running, though, nice and early, because you're going to need as much time as possible. Oh dear. Yeah, I think you two are going to struggle with this one. And you, in particular, Hugh, we're, we're looking to your. Um, Experience Shall age, we say age, no, I, I, I prefer experience right. uh, To see if we can come up with these Eric Duff Has been in touch tonight He sent the question into Fulltime At Clyde1.com So if like Eric You've got any good questions That you think mm. might be of use To the show Send them in And we'll try and get your question On as soon as possible Who are the last 10 players To be top goal scorer In Scotland's top flight But never got a full International cap 
Hendon. So who? Who? Uh, the boy who was at Motherwell. What's his name? Yeah. Alex Ray's now inventing <laughs> footballers. You remember the scouser? Yeah, the scouser. Yeah. Um, He's one of them. I know he is. If you can just tell me his actual name, that would be great. It sounds sort of like what you just said. Anyway, Michael Higdon. Higdon. That's yes. what I said. I'll read the question again in case anyone missed it. Who are the last ten players to finish Scotland's top goal scorer in the top flight, but never got a full international cap? Guys like Michael Higdon. He was English, never got a cap, but finished top scorer uh, in 2013 with 26 goals for Motherwell. Liam Boyce. He's uh, got international Irish. caps. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is a, a tough one. It's nothing. We usually get a couple that spring to mind. Um, so I'll tell you, we're going back to the seventies on this. Oh, so that's where we're looking towards you, Hugh Kevens. Oh, oh it's dear. Hard to run. It's oh gonna be a dear. long day. How long we got left? Half an hour. Not long enough. Uh, Adam Rooney. In the seventies. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Adam Rooney is one. Right. Uh, in 2015-18 goals uh, Louis Moult? Nope Right mm. Okay I'll leave Good that question. with you <laughs> I'll be lucky if you get half of these I think Alistair's a Rangers fan in Corker Hill Hi Alistair uh, Good evening Gordon I'll look at you Hi guys Just over the thing that Tommy Boyd made The remarks the guy shouldn't say anything like about the position he's in. It's as simple as that. He's not doing his ambassadorial duties much good for that. I think a severe rap in the knuckles is in order rather than find them or anything. But at the same time, this cheap business now, uh, referees, it's getting flung down referees' faces from top to bottom. There's young players in their parts now here in the marks like, and they call referees a cheat when they're barely 12 years age. So it needs to get gripped on somehow. My concern is quite simply, in general terms, uh, the course environment in which we live, referees come under a particular level of strain. Uh, people are being charged uh, and appealing in court because of offences against referees. Uh, I don't think that incitement is allowable under those circumstances. I mean the rule is not about incitement So again I, I get why you're saying that I get why you're looking into the bigger picture But I don't think there's a need for us to, to sort of keep Going down that route the, the, the question is Has he broken a Scottish FA rule? That, that really it is It seems that's that way gone that's, that, that's the bottom line um, When you say about premeditated and 12 man would suggest It's very clear Club media is prohibited from implying bias or incompetence On the part of the referee But as we've seen in the past Hugh Keevans This is not us saying Tom Boyd is definitely going to get Celtic punishment from the Scottish FA It might not happen Because there have been similar comments made in the past Where the person who made those comments Has not been punished So this is not This is not a foregone conclusion at all No It's just a possibility We're talking about the possibility Yeah And you're asking for personal opinions If you're talking about The referee Taking a premeditated decision That for me Is an implication of bias Okay 01419511025 Is there anything else you wanted to add Alistair? I agree with you saying that With saying that more or less Says that the referee's been biased Because I remember coming off a pitch, and this is an under-13 game, you. And a young boy says to me, it's a wonder you weren't in jumping with the other team and they scored one of their goals in it. He called us for all sorts. I just hold them there and then told him he was getting reported for abusive language. The guy's father happened to be second to the club. He says he didn't use language. I said, I think you'll find out calling the referee a cheat as abusive language. And the boy get done. And it's coming right down the ranks now, Gordon. It needs to get sorted out. 
for the for the benefit of the game as well. I expect club television to be biased to an extent. I, I expect them to believe that, and that's all right, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you buy into that. Sort it, of it's, level. A, it's a form of propaganda. Every goal is a fantastic goal. You, you had a great demonstration of that at the weekend, Gordon, where Mikey Johnson's goal is described by Celtic media as fantastic and described by Dunfermline media as a fluke. Uh, so I, I think that's okay. You, if you're on Celtic TV, Rangers TV, whatever, then of course. You want your team to win But I don't think it's fair To say that the referee Took a premeditated decision Not to give you a penalty Okay, thank you Alistair In Corker Hill It's 01419511025 At Clyde SSB on Twitter Any more on this teaser? You two really need to make some, some progress soon Because it's a tough one Eric sent the question in The last 10 players to be top goal scorer In Scotland's top flight But with no international caps So guys like Adam Rooney and Michael Higdon Hugh, was there no guys in the 70s who were like, prolific, but because there was one or two guys, you know, that, uh, yeah, yeah. that were mainstays? You're looking for three in the 70s, three in the 80s, one in the 90s. So you'd imagine that the, the Rangers and Celtic in the 70s would have got caps, Hugh? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> You two are going to struggle with this, I can tell. <laughs> uh, let's speak to Gus, who's a Hearts fan in Bathgate. Hi, Gus. Hi guys, thanks for taking my call, I'm a first time caller What made you call I tonight to then, right. uh, I'd just like to get Hugh's opinion especially And obviously you, you, the other two guys About uh, Levine's uh, position at Hearts uh, It seems to be untouchable And I'm a season pick holder at Newcastle And a lot of the guys that I speak to And sit beside and in forums and that, They think that he's, he's, he's long overdue to be shown the door And he's just got to go back up the stairs And I think, and my second point is uh, Do you think he's actually missed a golden opportunity to sign Kyle Lafferty back and uh, Jason Cummins who would have between the two of them um, I'll quite safely say that it would be good for 20 goals between them at least there might be factors might be factors why uh, Jason Cummins former Hibs player of course uh, and Kyle Lafferty might uh, not be at heart it might have to do with money for example Um, but with regard to Craig's position I've always been unsure of this Role where you are Essentially the director of football And the football manager as well uh, the, the, the joke being that uh, Craig Levine will need to decide When to sack Craig Levine But not lose his job um, Yeah, I, I think He's got Celtic next uh, If he were to Be on the end of a hiding there I, I suppose the tension would rise uh, But I'm just unsure of being director of football and head of the football department as well. I think that's too many jobs for one man. I wouldn't have been surprised at all, Gus, if you had called last week and, and said the same thing. I was just wondering if Friday night's victory had perhaps bought Craig Levine a bit more time in the eyes of some fans. Well, as, 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 I, I wasn't. I was watching. I wasn't at the game. I was, I'm on Amid Reserves. I was always training. But that's the way we should. That's the standard that we should be. We, we, should, we should be expecting as heart, as heart supporters every single weekend, week out. Doesn't matter who you're playing. The start to last season was great, but then again, it's like a bit of deja vu. There's Jamie Walker out for possibly three months. Uh, Nazy, that's him out as well again. I mean, the two best players they're going to get. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just they're taking a step back again. You know, it's just. Guys, are they not factors? Though? I mean, he's not summed up. Guys, are they not factors? Because obviously, Naismith 
uh, is the key player when he's playing they seem to do very well Jamie Walker come back in and done brilliant uh, the games that I've actually saw him he looked really lively gives him a good shift suited at the back uh, and then you go back to your original point about who you bring in in terms of potential strikers but when you look at the firepower that they have they have Washington Nick Piazu Naismith and a young boy Whiting I'm not sure they can, they can carry another striker in that department but you have to get results because regardless of this he's, on, he's bulletproof that will not wash because guys like yourself are starting to make noise and that will all be reflected on results Back to what I was saying to Gus there Hugh I just felt like a lot of the reaction not to say everyone's totally changed their minds after one game that, that would be crazy but it just felt like a lot of Hearts fans saw not only a positive result on Friday night but signs that things might be looking Better Even from a stylistic point of view They, they were a bit happier with the football Ike Piazzo didn't play There wasn't as many long balls Connor yeah. Washington looked good So it seemed as if there were a few signs for optimism If we've got a big debate going on here in Glasgow Because of Celtic's last two results It is the results driven business Craig Levine has had the good result at Fir Park He now goes to Celtic Park If he can get anything there It enhances his case if he can get past Aberdeen and take uh, Hearts into the semi-final of the Betfred Cup, that also enhances his case. However, two-sided coin, he might lose all those matches and be in real trouble. Final word to you, Gus. Uh, <laughs> the Celtic game, there's a problem with confidence, to be honest with you. I, my heart of hearts said we should beat them 2 nothing. But hey, I'm looking at tickets for the week on the street, and so is a lot of my pals in the forums. And it's guys, especially for the foundation of hearts. But you know, it's 11 against 11. Hopefully, we can't sell to on a bad day, but I kind of see it to be on this way. But uh, listen, guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, really well, tell you what, Gus, that was the first time, so give us a call back anytime you like. It was Gus, a hearts fan in Bathgate. I'm, I'm going through the memory bank here. What for? for oh, the people, teaser, of people course. Sorry, in the, yes. in the 70s. Donald Ford. Nope. <laughs> Derek Mackay. No Joe Harper No he's capped Nope Silence is never good When you're going through the answers For the full time teaser Some good attempts coming in on Twitter So I'm going to read the question again The last 10 players who finished the season As Scotland's top goal scorer in the top flight But never got a full international cap It's usually easier once you've heard some answers So guys like Adam Rooney Michael Higdon He was a top scorer But England yes. never capped him Uh Oh god, that's the only two you've got. I thought we had. I thought we had more. Jimmy Bowen. No. Mm. Right, what about the one from the? What about the one from the nineties? So think about a guy maybe who had a really prolific season. Oh, it was uh, Marco Negri. Yes, Marco Negri. Just well as well, done. I'm here, Hugh. Nineteen ninety eight, thirty two goals was never capped. You've got three of the ten anymore for any more. Jerry H. He he had Marco Negri. To be fair. Um, on Twitter What else have we got Tell you what I think it's stumped A lot of people Yeah stumped a few people Yeah Yeah I think so I mean I've given you uh, Some clues 70s who uh, Somebody at Celtic or Rangers Must be one or two in there Surely 70s Token Jester He'd Marco Negri as well Well done to you for, I'll give you some wrong answers Because uh, it's at that stage Francis Healy says Gordon Smith Willie Pettigrew That's not one Gordon Smith is not one Derek Parlane played as well, didn't he? I must have played for Scotland. Right, I'm going to give you some thinking time and we'll get the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. 
Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here And they are toiling <laughs> with tonight's full-time teaser Remember the teaser, the whole point of it is you send the questions in to us And we catch the pundits out more often than not with the answers So let's see what you can come up with in the coming days and weeks Send your questions in please to fulltime at Clyde1.com Tonight's was sent by Eric Duff He wants the last 10 players who finished the season as Scotland's top scorer in the top flight But never got a full international cap Guys like Michael Higdon, Adam Rooney and Marco Negri you've right. got so far From the 1970s Harry Hood Yes, 22 goals for Celtic in 1971 Never capped And A full international cap anyway The best ever Morton player, Andy Ritchie Yes, 1979, 22 goals Andy Ritchie never capped fully John Hewitt? No Duncan Shearer? No Gary Hooper? Yes, Gary Hooper did it in 2012 Never been capped by England That'll give you a bit of a clue You've got all the most recent ones you're now looking for three from the 80s, one from the 70s. Jabs is on Twitter. Jabs has been in touch. He's listening 6,000 miles away oh. and he's managed to get the 80s. A couple of them, yeah. What yeah, about you say, tuning in from then? I think it's California. Oh, so there we go. Killing us. Is it still raining outside? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, in Clydebank it is, absolutely. Yeah. Any more at the moment? No. No. Thinking time. Peter is in Paisley. What's your point tonight, Peter? Hi. Um, well, it's, there's a couple of points just taking a uh, one of one of the calls earlier uh, came on. Not, I don't know whether he came on to defend Tom Boyd or not. Tried to maybe deflect away. I think Hughes' word incitement sprung to mind when you read the full quote from Mister Boyd. He said he referred directly to. He'll be welcomed down the pub again tonight or tonight again. That's not just uncalled for, but that was just that 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 particular comment. I was just going to leave it there, but he then started um, talking about his club and the comparisons to my club. No, no doubt you've probably covered that already, Q. Um, but basically, he, he tried to say that Julian and the, the other lad left back ball and boy. Uh, been practicing that during the break, and he, he then compared them to Borna Barisic, which he's not had a great time at Rangers, and he's asked for a tough excuse. Sometimes doesn't wash with me personally, but um, I'd like to see more of him. And if he if he can't do it, then come on. I think the general point is that uh, the caller believes that if it's at Celtic, everyone's happy to leap on it and criticise. If it's at Rangers, there's a media blackout. Now, Celtic have enjoyed eight tremendous years. I've been part of so many pullouts in newspapers over those years to celebrate Celtic winning this, that and the other. And yet the media are always criticised for being anti-Celtic and pro-Rangers. Yep. You know, Barisic has not done well at Rangers and the Rangers no. fans all know it. And it's frequently mentioned. The problem, the problem with Julian is that he's the second most expensive player in Celtic's history, and yeah. he's had a fairly calamitous start. Peter, on you go. Well, my, my actual point to, uh, to draw back to that is, is that Edric Boyata, Benkovic, and the twenty-five million pound Kieran Tierney have all left the club. Julian is the replacement for one, if not both, 
because Christopher seems to be the popular choice at the moment as the rising star. He's a decent player, um, but Julian's been brought in at that big price tag. And you know, I listen to the show regularly and helped you. You know, the marquee signing, and, and there was a Celtic fan at that point came on and said, "Rangers fans are running scared because of this." We can go out and spend seven million pounds. Rangers didn't need to go out and spend seven million pounds. They spent five or six million pounds, two and a half last year, to bolster the left back, and three and a half this year to to to, to bolster two solid. Uh, although they they have been criticised, but two very solid mm. defenders. Peter, what do you make of Rangers' three and a half million pound man being left out of the the Europa League squad? Happy enough yeah, with that it, at this it, stage. Myself and my friends are a wee bit surprised at that, and and you know, but Stephen Gerrard does make a point of making his players get to the fitness level that he wants. And the pre-season, he never made the pre-season because he signed after that. He was in the squad, granted for the Michelin game because he was on the bench at mm-hmm. Ibrooks. Um So you know, he has flicked, flicked in and out, but he obviously feels he's not ready yet. And if, if if we do get to the great group stages, then great. I think you'll see more of them. I'll take I'll take an example from last year. Worrell um, came in from Nottingham Forest to bolster their, their centre back and ended up taking Nikola Katic's place. But he didn't take his place until the group stage game against. Yeah, it was Villarreal. Lent. Was it Villarreal? Uh, Villarreal, sorry. Last season and the, the first game, but he never looked back after that. Unfortunately, I wanted. Cartage to continue but he didn't really raise his game until later on in the year so you know it sounds daft but we didn't bring in Hollander at three and a half million to be the marquee defender Celtic did and Is it not a bit easy to say that now though Peter is it not a bit easy to say that surely if you're signed for three and a half million quid then the hope is that you become the main man or one of them I say that right away obviously that's going to be Goldson's partner because everybody has got the general impression that that Stephen Gerrard prefers goals to his main defender and you know who am I argue my personal preference would be to see Edmondson in the team more often possibly even try and free the back but you know I, I don't tell these guys what to do. I just go watch them and, and enjoy it at the moment I, I'm enjoying my football Hugh, Hugh is referring to eight years of pain well I'm, I'm just enjoying what I've got uh, and I'm enjoying seeing Mr Lennon's attempt at you know why not play him I, I don't understand I'm sure Celtic fans don't understand it but to come on and then John Ponte comparisons he's he, he £5 million short of these comparisons but we're going to have to live with this all season long uh, because for the first time in a long time there's a proper league title championship going on here and uh, it'll be what about it from now until May uh, okay, thank you, Peter and Paisley. Come on, you two, any more on the question, please? Is the 82 Celtic player a foreigner? No. No. Uh, 82. <laughs> oh, Stephen O'Neill's got an absolute cracker on Twitter for one of the one of the answers. I must say, a correct answer. Um. Yeah, yeah, correct answer. Yeah. I'm going to give you clues Because you need it You've got a yes. Hibs player You're looking for a St Mirren player Keith Wright Nope A Celtic player And an Aberdeen player And these are all 70s or 80s hmm. Oh that's a 
You're struggling uh, Let's take a look at what you Is called Goody Torfus? Nope mm. uh, I think the ones that are left are all Scottish I think uh, Certainly all British Anyway uh, let's take a look at what you called the result of the weekend I think it was, which one of you? Uh, Patrick Thistle um, Because there's been a lot of doom and gloom A lot of off-field stuff They're in the Championship uh, Not many fans are feeling optimistic about getting out of the Championship They get drawn Premiership opposition in Ross County And they managed to beat them Gary Caldwell says it was an outstanding performance He's told his players to enjoy the feeling But says they've still got plenty to work on Absolutely delighted with the performance more than anything. Uh, we worked, well, we spoke Saturday morning and worked extremely hard this week on being a more aggressive team, playing on the front foot, playing our game, dictating the game the way we want it to be played. I thought the boys were outstanding. Playing against a very good team who will stay up comfortably in the Premier League uh, this season, in my opinion. So for them to do that, to go a goal behind, still keep believing, still keep doing it and get back into the game an extra time when both teams are tired. I thought we had the edge, I thought we had the physical edge, I thought we had the the momentum. And we just never never let them get a breather, never let them get a minute, and I think that's what won us the game. I said to the players, enjoy this feeling, this is what you work hard for all week to, to get, but you have to come back down to earth, and we have to do that and more. We made mistakes that we have to improve on, and I will demand for the players next week that they, they, they give us even more, but... In terms of a, a platform to build on That was outstanding Everyone loves a cup run Fans of all teams love a cup oh, yeah. run Hugh Keevans yeah. uh, the, the bread and butter remains the championship When can Partick Thistle get to a level Where they, they come back out of it But nevertheless They'll take this in their stride And well, enjoy every minute of it Well you asked me the, 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 the performance of the, the weekend And given the backdrop With all of the talk of uh, Losing their main benefactor All of the talk of a Takeover that may or may not take place um, The the loss of the team bus Etc, etc, etc You know, to go down to Ross County And then come back and win the match uh, I thought was outstanding resilience Yeah, I totally agree um, There was a big win for them I think most of us predicted Ross County On the back of a good start for That's them. not like you lot to get it wrong yeah, well, I think you actually said them as well, but uh, I don't make predictions. You should know that by now. <laughs> uh, but no, you have to give them credit for them. It gives them an opportunity to kick on as well, Gordon, and try and get the league form up and running. Right. right, okay, you've got work to do on this teaser, please. Mm. Four more answers if you can. The pride of Milton, Frank McDougal. Four. Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Yes, nineteen eighty-five. Well done. We need. We need um, three help. more. Yeah, okay, help. there's one for Celtic in nineteen eighty-two. Oh, this is one that's killing me. He also it? played for Leeds. And Hibs George McCluskey Yes George McCluskey Good shout Okay there's one for St Mirren In 1980 He also played for The Ackies He played for Partick Thistle Many times His surname sounds Very like the season That comes in between Spring and autumn Winter <laughs> In between Oh you two are Absolutely beyond help Summer Sounds a bit like that Doogie Sumner Doogie Sumner Well done And the last one 1973 for Hibs Anyone Anyone out there 73 for Hibs Alan Gordon I'll put you out your misery Because we are out of time Thank you Hugh Keevans And Alex Ray We're back tomorrow With Roger Hanna And Gordon DL And stay where you are Because Callum Gallagher Is up next Clyde 
one super scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.